we got a lot to cover today, and I'm very excited about this one. We're going to talk about the reps. I'm going to give a little insight into what it is, then I'm going to tell a story, and I'm going to tell you where the opportunity lies. Uh, so from my perspective, and you can add on this one, I think Threads, it's basically a Twitter competitor, but on Instagram, right? So you can migrate. It's going to be really easy to migrate. You're going to be able to post as in Twitter. The way I used to treat these things was like fancy new toy, got to be early, and I wanted to be the early mover, right? Um, and then I kind of realized that the big players aren't just jumping to try and be early because that's more of a high-risk play, whereas a lot of the big movers will just wait for all of the, the little guys to go and validate it and be the early movers and cash in. Um, and then they'll just go and use it if it's proven. Um, I know because when Truth Social came out, did you ever try Truth Social? I never did. So that was that was Trump's Twitter competitor. I signed up for it. I got a cool at, and then I tried posting on there, and then it just kind of flopped, right? Um, I think it's going to be such an easy way to repurpose content. Like you'll be able to repurpose content the same way you repurpose already to Instagram with carousels and already to LinkedIn. Um, I think it's a good opportunity, but I'm also the old me would have tried to jump to it and been like, I need to be first. I need to be first. But now I'm just like, we already have the infrastructure at, at my company to just go and take over if we, if it works, right? If the platform pops off and everybody's like, oh my God, threads is the next big thing. We can just take all of our copy and just go there, right? Like we can do whatever we want. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you a story that might change a little bit of how you think on that one. So it's a story about corruption and murder and one man's, one man's fight for justice. And that is the headline of a book I'm reading lately. It's called Red Notice. So Red Notice is the story of how this investor called Bill Browder was really into uh, Eastern Europe and making money in Eastern Europe. But the important thing here to note is it this was right when Russia was switching from the communist Russia, the Soviet Union, into capitalist Russia. So how does that happen? The government owns all these assets, and then they are given to the people, right? They're privatized. But in that process, they need to be sold. They're just not given. They need to be sold, right? So Russia owns a ton of resources like gas, uh, petroleum, all these things, right? And this guy, he knew how to read all these assets in the companies because he studied finance or something related. He realized that when Russia was giving out these things to the people, they were giving out companies and 97.5% discounts. Like, imagine if I tell you right now, Marcos, you can buy Amazon stock at 97.5% discount, which, by the way, in a year or so, all the American investors are going to come in. Like, that's an opportunity if you've ever seen one, right? What this guy understood was that this privatization of assets in Russia was going to be like his shot. He was going out, went to everyone, collected $25 million, just cold calling, right? He wasn't nobody. He wasn't nobody. Collected $25 million, put it in Russian companies. A few years later, $25 million goes to $125 million. He made $100 million with two or three moves for being early in that position. He's doing the same thing in Turkey, in Brazil, in other countries, right? And now they tell the story of how when he did that, he was actually Putin's ally because Putin's rate rise to power. He wanted to rise to power by taking down all the oligarchs, right? And this guy was doing just that. He was taking the assets from all the oligarchs. And then he switched because he's like, I'm going to take this guy out of you guys' plate 
but you guys give me 50% of your companies, right? Just gangster shit, man. Just gangster stuff. And now he's like out and they tell the story of how somebody murdered his lawyer in prison because the guy, the lawyer went to prison and he had these gallstones and just like uh, abdominal like tears. They wouldn't, they wouldn't give him treatment. He spent like that for four months. The one time he collapsed because he was like, like, you know, in fetal pose for four months. The one time he collapsed, they sent him to a hospital, right? After four months of nothing, and Russians are cold and they're, they're like, they won't help you in anything. After four months of nothing, they take him to this hospital. And finally, at the time that the doctor was supposed to come in and save him, six armed officials with batons come in and you're like, this is not your saving hour. This is like the hour when you die. So they beat him to death. Dude, just one of the craziest stories I've ever I've ever read. Like, I I don't read much, but this one was this is a page turner, the red notice thing. So, uh, the the main takeaway from this is, this guy made a hundred million dollars in a few moves. Looking at what is discounted, what is early, and how can he kind of predict the trends? You made two hundred and fifty k on crypto. Was that twenty twenty one? Yes. Right, so you were you were out like along with that, right? In 2020, right? Uh, what was it? I think it was TikTok that just like blew up, right? Personally, at Tweet Hunter, we were right when people were kind of really understanding the power of Twitter. And just being honest, I was the marketer at Tweet Hunter. That thing sold itself. We rode the trend. It was so easy, and I see a common pattern here, as in. How can we get in early on something that's going to move anyway? So if you're like in an ocean and you're like paddling in your boat, right? How do you not paddle and go to a current so that a current will take you? So I see this as maybe nothing, maybe huge. It could be that that it's like nothing. It's going to fail like the one app you mentioned. But I do see one thing that it's kind of valuable right now. So it's going to drop. Maybe you don't go to threads straight away, but you could write Twitter content on what that means. You can write YouTube videos like this one on what that means. You write that trend. Or if you moved to that space, maybe you could be early in that turn. Maybe it's the biggest thing ever, right? Maybe it's super cool and it actually pops off, right? So either way, if you're staying your platform or you're migrating to that platform, there are Russia opportunities, there are current opportunities, there are Marcos crypto opportunities, there are tweet hunter opportunities. You don't have to be rolling all the time. There is a current in, that you can take. And I think that this is pretty significant and I'm going to be devoting a lot of thought to what I can do with it. So my thoughts, and these are my, these are kind of my back and forth thoughts, my counter thoughts are one. Um, I look at two different things. One is the past Twitter competitors. One was Truth, and then the other one was with what Kanye dropped. What was Rumble? No, R Rumble, I'll, I'll get to that. I don't know which one. It's what Kanye dropped. People can pick her. I don't even know. Um, and then I look at the other side, which is video. Uh, video streaming, right? So Twitch has had many people try to take it down. It had Mixer, and it's had uh, many others. But now you see Kick is coming and it's actually kicking a lot of market share out of out of Twitch. But um, the it's one- called Parlor, by the way. The Kanye one is Parlor. Parlor, Parlor thank you. Hey, uh, thanks, Jamie. <laughs> Pull that off. 
pull that up, Jamie. Um, so the, here's the thing I see with Kick. I think what Kick does really well is they're going, they're following the fact that Twitch has had a lot of negative publicity and taking it, which is a, a common denominator I see with what Threads is doing with Twitter, is they're kind of riding the negative publicity with Elon Musk and kind of come, dropping it right then and there. But um, with Kick, right, why it's succeeding is they're giving huge contracts to creators. And I see Threads' main problem might be that a lot of the big written creators are going to be pretty loyal to Twitter. Um, that's one of my big things. And I also don't see what it's going to do differently yet haven't been able to use it, right? I don't. I want to know what it's going to be able to do different than Twitter, right? It's literally called Threads, which is a Twitter thing. And if there's one thing I've I've learned about social is you have to be different. Um, I, I can love tell you what they're going to do differently in one button, and it's right on the first the first button you will see, which is migrate from Instagram. Yes or no? That button. The fact that you can just migrate everything and it's going to be so seamless. Mm. I think that that is it. That that that's why I stopped and I was like, oh wow, like I got chills in my back. I was like, oh, maybe maybe there's something something to be made here. Here's a couple other interesting points, and I like that we're doing a bit of a pros and cons back and forth. I like that. It's good. It's good for thoughts. Um, so a couple things I think of is one, is the name Threads. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? When Marcus says good for thoughts, he means good for the YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, wh when the name threads, it reminds me of long form content. I think what's what what makes Twitter great is the short form. I think of the the best best tweets are the short gotchas, the short ratios, the short thoughts that just bang right. Like the threads are great, but that's just not what makes that's not what makes Twitter alive, right? Threads are the value. It's the information part of it. And what I've heard from Zuck talk about with Lex Friedman the other week is it seems like he really wants to create kind of a hub for information. So I, I'm, I'm fearful that he really tries to le lean on that long form where, in my opinion, the lifeblood of Twitter is the short form, the, the, the quick sentences, the conversations, and not just the information like a Wikipedia. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think they're doing threads, though. I think it's just called threads, but it's actually tweets. I think it's just called threads. It's not long form. Right. That's what I'm That's what I'm sure that that, that'll, that'll be interesting to see. And then my other part is will the Instagrammers of the world want to write, right? How where's that I want to see where the demand is, right? Who's asking for this? Are there any Instagrammers that are going to go to Threads because it it's now part of Instagram or is it just going to be is their whole market just Twitter guys migrating that are saying fuck Elon Musk, right? I want to see where they're going to get their market. Like right? who are they taking? Where are they getting their users from? other than the people on Twitter that are hyped for a new toy. I'm interested to see. That is a good con. I'm going to give you a good con. And the con is hot women. What are you going to do if you can't post pics? You have to write, right? Like most, right. most of your traffic came because of how you look, right? So what happens to you? Now, like, you know, you're gonna, you know, if you're extremely attractive, you're going to hate threats. It's going to be such a emotionally, dude. It's just all words. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you going to do, right? You're a travel photographer. What's next? What, what keeps me on Twitter, right, as a, as a consumer, right, as an addicted Twitter user, is like I can scroll and I can get thread, tweet, conversation, meme, video, picture, right? You see how it's like, it's really multimedia. Um, I, if it was just words, that'd be like Wikipedia. I'd be logged off pretty fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I know so that's, what you mean. 
That's an interesting con. I feel like threads will have to incorporate multimedia if they want to survive. No one's going to be reading books. You know what is one thing that I didn't like about Instagram? One thing that I think that Twitter it was very ahead of others was the community aspect. There is very little community on Instagram. Like, I don't know who my homies follow. I know exactly who my homies follow on Twitter. So that is one thing that I... The reason why I have both apps on my phone and I choose to open Twitter first is because of that. It's the community. It's the people. It's me hanging out. So I'm interested to see if they're going to incorporate that aspect of the community. That's a con. That, that's, that's a pro, actually. That is a pro because it fills in a gap. Yeah. I also feel like Instagram never really has had like a good for you style algorithm. It's just like who you follow or no one, who uses the explore page? Nobody uses the explore page, right? Nobody even uses the Twitter explore page. Maybe you do. I don't, I don't go on Twitter. I'm like, Ooh, what's trending, right? I just scroll my feed and see what's, you know, what's given to me. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of questions with threads, but I think the, if we're going to take anything from this is we're aware, right? We're aware that with what's happening, we're not going to just ignore it and put it off and say, oh, it's just another clone, right? Yeah. I will say, write it right away. You told me, bro, why didn't you write any chat GPT things? And at the time I was like, because of my ego, because you know, fuck that. I'm going to do it my own way. But now I'm thinking, yeah, I kind of missed out on that one. I could have used it. Right. Quick, same day followers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be bad. Like, it would. Yeah, I should have used it. Now I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna amend my mistake, because all all of us we're like, if somebody tells you, "Hey man, I was doing internet in the '90s." Oh wow, so you were early, right? And then I was like, "Yeah, oh, I was doing crypto in like in the early 2000s." Oh, this guy was early, right? You're so like so visionary. Right now we have the opportunity to be early, right? What are we gonna do? Are we gonna like? gosh at other people doing it or are we gonna do it this time right so right. my so my question go, go, is, go. so my question is if you were if you are open so much to threads and maybe not just you but this is my question to everybody right why would we be open to threads but why isn't anybody posting all of their youtube videos to rumble who backs up rumble I have no idea andrew tate <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, good point, right? If you can if you're going to repurpose to one platform, why not 17? But this one specifically, I do think it's going to be it's going to be something cuz you know when Facebook launched the the metaverse and it was going to be kind of like, you know, all magic, I didn't see it. Personally, I was like, yeah, like I'm not using that shit. Sorry. Like I get dizzy when have you ever you ever got into VR? I get dizzy when I use those things. I'm like I want to throw up. You ever used I it? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like whoa, what the hell, right? Uh, you know the the only experience I had of VR was one getting dizzy. That that was two getting dizzy, but the first one was in high school, right? So in high school, uh, we're at the I think at the science lab, right? And we made the cardboard lens, the cardboard ones where you can just like they have like little shitty goggles on top, right? And then, sorry, <laughs> this was so funny to me, but so <laughs> like we put the goggles in. And then somebody mentioned, yo, guys, did you know that, by the way, there's VR porn? 
and everybody's like, holy shit, dude. And they were like putting so much effort into getting the goggles, right? And then you could see everybody packing up their goggles going home in high school. I'm like, yeah, well, there, that's one way to get education in. <laughs> I have, uh, so I have one more story to draw to this because you brought it up um, to the threads thing. So you brought up how 2021, how I started in like NFTs, right? So the correlation that I just drew was when I started, I was super early on farm animal pictures, right? It was like penguins and dogs and cats and they were blowing up apes, right? Um, I rode that. I made a good amount of money. Big fuck. From that, from the penguins, I made like 40K. So what I did, right? I was like, okay, I was early on the, and if anyone was around, they know we called them metas, right? So it was the farm animal meta. So I was like, okay, what's the next meta? The anime meta. I was early. Boom. Hit the anime meta for like another 20, 30K. So then I got into this mindset of like, I just got to keep hitting the next meta early. I just got to get early in the meta. But what I didn't think about was that the farm animal meta was just going to continue as well in the background. And I could have just been compounding exponential gains from the farm animals, like cats, dogs, apes, penguins, right? They just kept, there's kept being so many good ones. And I could have just stayed true to that. And why I say that is I feel like we were early to Twitter and we still are early to Twitter and we have an advantage, first movers advantage on Twitter. So if we were early to Twitter, who's to say that early wave is over? So you know what I mean? Like if we just stuck with Twitter, would we get exponential gains next to the gains that we'll get from being early again to threads? It's just something to think about, right? That's I guess- a good one easier for the or more important for the people listening that may not be for you like for example you have the resources to be on everything right but the average person does not and the average person needs to focus on one so that that's something that i'm thinking about i'm like are we still early to twitter and would we be sacrificing like if you see two charts next to each other which one's going to win right being early to threads now or just sticking with twitter for longer right if twitter really is going to be the everything app and all of these things and you believe in the vision yeah that's a good point uh, that that leads me kind of to repurposing. A lot of people are repurposing their stuff to Instagram, and it's a lot of bobbleheads. But I see those bobbleheads video. Uh, I don't know. No talking heads. That's what you call them, not bobbleheads. Talking heads. So it's like you're recording yourself and you're telling three tips to scale your e-commerce store, right? But when I see those, they kind of look like these guys are in prison. It's like they're like all nervous and they're like three tips. Uh, follow me for more, right? And personally, I believe that. If right now I'm putting more effort in LinkedIn and Instagram and just being honest, like just paying for access and access is just people commenting on your shit on LinkedIn and story shares on Instagram. It's so much easier, right? I had like, I've been on Instagram for like one year and a half, grew like less than a thousand followers, nothing. But when I started paying for exposure and now we also, by the way, for the people who are like, yeah, but Jake, our life's cash. We have someone removing the people who are not quality, by the way. So there's that. It's so much worth it. So I think that just repurposing for the sake of it and just to have a presence and have it there, I don't think it's it's worth it. If you're going to be on a platform, it's if, if you're going to do it, it's worth doing well. So I'm putting more effort into LinkedIn and into Instagram. And that extra effort, that extra day a week, it's really beneficial. So personally, I believe that if you're like, repurposing things in their like low effort then they're probably also going to be low results either pay a lot of money for somebody who actually gets it or put more effort into the platform but just doing it just for the sake of doing it i don't think it's worth it it's actually a good point and 
just um, like for us, we're building out our operation to help repurpose onto other platforms for clients. And like I could very easily just go into Hype Fury and just automate everything, right? And just like click Instagram, click LinkedIn, right? But it's not great, right? So instead, we'd rather manually create LinkedIn carousels and Instagram carousels and post them then natively. It's much better than just posting your long 500 word thread onto LinkedIn as a post, right? It doesn't doesn't work. Nobody does. You really like those, right? Those long. 100%. It's much better to just do it natively like a carousel. Um, so I feel like, like you said, that minor amount of effort goes a long way. I don't think it's worth it to just repurpose to repurpose. If anything, it might just kill you that kill your account on that platform. It may not be even minor. Sometimes it's a lot of work. Like I yep. put a lot of work into this Instagram things and it's LinkedIn things, and I don't like it, dude. I'm like, okay, I, I call it the power hour, right? So I grab my coffee, grab my nicotine, put on my music. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna do the things I hate doing it. So I'm gonna record myself, right? And I don't like recording myself. Hey, here's three tips, but you got to play the game. Right? You got to play that game. So we're doing it. <clears throat> awesome. What's next? Okay, let's talk about what's next. Um, yeah. I want to... Um, when I was making $250 a month, I bought a course that was $255. So you can imagine how scared I was, right? So I'm like, okay... Hope this happens, right? I bought the course. It's been three years. I still read that course out of fear of not getting my return on investment. I don't know, man. I just took it so seriously. It was like so, I just took it so seriously. And you talk often about market sophistication. And I forgot what that was, but it was in the course. So I pick up my course, right? Which I have on my personal account because I didn't have a business account then. And I go on my course. I'm like, what is market sophistication? And I believe that Twitter, when you're selling those services, or especially if you're selling to, uh, if you're selling to sellers, they kind of understand what you're doing. So, I think some markets on Twitter, copywriting, cold email, ghostwriting, coaching, they have reached a point at the last one, which is people don't believe in the promises anymore. They're kind of tired. They like, I, they don't believe you. If you say it's the ultimate thing, it's the last thing, or nine left, they don't believe you, right? So I'm thinking, how do you sell to people at that level of sophistication? And kind of connecting the dots, I remember something Tanner did. Tanner's a member at Tweets and Clients. We were talking about five ways to get email subs. And we can get into the into the few, but one of them was plugins, events, um, auto DMs. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking here. Plugins, DMs, auto DMs. Well, there's a few, right? But he invented one that I think was really cool. Tanner is a style is a style coach, and he said, "Is your style like rugged, rakish, or rebel? Something like that." Find out in this form. So he included a form below, and you could feel, "Oh, I kind of like doing this. I'm more of an introvert. I like doing things with my hands more than whatever, right?" And in the end, he said, "Oh, we got your result. Where should we send it?" He got 140 email subs with one tweet. And to me, that was really interesting, which got me thinking, what if a really good idea could be to not so much give people a resource, but give people a customized resource? Then I saw another tweet from someone who said, I don't hire a ghostwriter, but the best pitch I've ever got was someone who wrote a thread for me. He just sent that. He didn't ask for anything. I'm like, huh, that was customized. I like it. That's interesting. So now I'm trying this new strategy. I was promoting this lead flow workshop. Didn't get many signups, 
but I'm going to try this new strategy in which I say, upload a DM conversation and live, I'm going to give you some tips to improve it. Here's where you upload your image, leave your email here, right? You know what I mean? So we're using this customization because people don't believe in the claims anymore. What if we give the claim directly to them? So that was a pretty interesting experiment I ran this week. I'm going to update you on how that goes. That's interesting. I think personalization is definitely pretty huge. It kind of reminds me of when I bought, I think it was my first, maybe my second tour course. I think yours was my first tour course. I bought Danco's two-hour writer for like $95. Um, and I remember he had a portion in there where if you send in a review, if you, or sorry, if you give him a, a review for his course, I get like a five-star review, he would send you a custom loom fixing your thread in your profile or one of the one or the other and he actually it's funny because it was on his course prior to that one he didn't mean for it to be up still and he had he had messaged me back and he was like oh my i didn't even know that was still up but i'll do it for you and he had given me like feedback on um on my thread or was it my thread or my profile one or the other at the time i had like two thousand followers and he had like a hundred or something like that it was sick i was like this is awesome right it's like obviously i'm gonna give you a five-star review i just can't imagine how many reviews he got from something like that Right, that's that really that's really cool. I didn't know that. I didn't I didn't know why people had the MM Modern Mastery. That's Dan's course on his bio, or GG as growth goes for the Coda. I'm like, oh, it's because it's because they're giving me something. I think they follow you if you put that in your bio. Is that the case? Like they follow you back? Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't learn Modern Mastery, but I got to like the course. But that's smart. I should do that. Yeah. So they they follow you if if you have that on your bio. I I used to run that. I didn't do it anymore. But that like. It's kind of, I don't want to call it bribing, but it's, um, it's bribing, but imagine it doesn't sound that bad to get something back. And I used to do that, which was, I'm going to let you finish on that one. But what I used to do was if you give me a five-star re review, back when I launched my course, it was uh, like two years ago. Uh, I would retweet you if you send me a tweet, right? 155-star reviews just, I fucked up my feed. I don't recommend you do that, but just giving people some incentive to do that, I think it's really worth it. I don't know if this is a, this could be a complete flop, but a, a really good opportunity to create an absolute cult in, in the 20, in the money Twitter game would be to create a community like Modern Mastery, Modern Mastery or Growth Ghost or something like that. Pay for the gold check on the company account and give everyone that joins the cohort the actual symbol next to their name as like an employee almost, right? See how like my, my team has the birdhouse? Imagine all, if, Dakota already has 100 people per quarter. Imagine if everybody got a GG next to their name and it's an instant endorsement for future for future potential clients. They're like, oh, he's he's genuinely a part of this growth ghost who is a part of Dakota, right? It's like a leg, right? Dakota has all this authority. They, you know what I mean? I, that could be an interesting play. I don't know. association, you know what I mean? It's the association, but how, how baller would that be? Because you have to pay 50 bucks a person, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to ask. I thought, wasn't it like a thousand bucks? But no, it's, it's 50 bucks per person. A thousand bucks plus 50 bucks per person. I've thought about this too. I've thought about likes and cash merch, but like, I don't see a way in which people can wear likes and cash and it to be cool. Like, if you, if you do kill crew, like, you know, kill crew, it's like everybody has something to kill. Like your past demons or your traumas or whatever. That's cool. I don't see people wearing my hat and being like, unless you're, you're me because it's my brand. It's like, it's not cool. But I was thinking about something like that. If you said, so if you prove that likes and cash with a post, let's say you close a client with not that many followers or you change something and you made money. I wanted to send you something for 
for free. I was I was thinking about that. Didn't go through with it because I don't want to deal with the logistics of sending physical things out. But it was just an idea I had. Maybe I could implement it with what you said, a loom or something. Yeah, you can't. Um, I've I have some like I have some good insight into like fashion game, but I would say don't do the likes and cash written out. Um, two your I think your two options for it to be cool would be the heart, the cancel, and the and the money bag, small somewhere like like just on the chest or just on the hat, right? Or like abbreviation like LAC or something like that. I think that could be cool, right? It kind of gives like carte blanche vibes. You don't, you know what I mean? You don't, like you said, you want it to be cool. You don't want it to be corny. <laughs> uh, uh, carte, oh, that's nice. I like it. I like it. Okay, I'm a, now, now I gotta, I gotta return it. Now I gotta give you a tip. Okay, so I call this, it's been heard, it's been told as either a surface area for serendipity or a landing spot for luck. Both sound excellent. So I'm gonna explain to you what those are. I had a call with a guy, he's an email marketer. And the top email marketer at the space is Chase Diamond, and right now on Twitter. And he's an email marketer. And he's saying that he wants to do what Chase was doing, which was just build this huge company, kind of like remove himself from operations, and then get other businesses with his account. And I asked him, are you messaging Chase right now? He's like, no, okay, here's what you're going to do right now. You're going to make it every 15 minutes a week or an hour a week. You're going to message the top dogs in your space and you're going to give them something. It, I don't care what it is, but don't ask. Give them a tip. Give them a referral. Give them maybe an article that they might find interesting and don't ask. You create that practice because that will become your landing spot for luck one year from now, five years from now. You create that kind of motion that will turn, you plant that seed that will turn out in a tree way later. So what I'm thinking for you is you go to like you did with me, with my community, and now we're here. Go to the top creators one hour a week and create a landing spot for luck. Give them something. Edit something. Just make that your power hour. Get some coffee, get some nicotine in, get some headphones in, and go. And that way you don't ask for anything. And then you start creating this huge thing that will turn out into something like a tsunami. So if you see a tsunami... If you're in the coast, it kills you. If you're in the ocean and a tsunami passes by, you wouldn't feel it because it's just something small. It happens underneath, right? So you're creating tsunami waves with all these top dogs for one hour a week, and that becomes your landing spot for luck two years from now. Long game, baby. Had to write some stuff down. Good. That's how you know. Yeah, yeah. I got to give it back, bro. I, you gave me something. I got to give you something back. Yeah, it's, I, it's funny because I talked to uh, you know, a big, big agency guy in my space doing like well over multiple seven figures. And even he still will now and again do, create a landing spot for luck and go out and reach out to a top dog because it's just like, you know what I mean? Drew, he knows he can help them. He knows that they could benefit from, he knows that they could benefit from his service. So he's like, sometimes I just reach out. Just like, cold. <laughs> I'm like and don't ask. Like, yeah. that's, the, that's the thing. You don't ask. You just give. And then it kind of, people are reciprocal. It makes them kind of uncomfortable. And then they're, they're going to give you something. It's true. It's true. Like, come on. Like, you will get messages sometime. They, people will give you something for free. You've experienced this. And it's like, you get kind of uncomfortable. You're like, damn, I got to give them something. <laughs> it's a, you give them something. Like that. Has that happened to you? Yes, I, I. Whenever someone DMs me with like free stuff, I at least have to reply, right? Like, 
at least be like, thanks. I might not use it, but thanks. You know what I mean? It's funny. I have right. a guy. I answer a cold. I feel like I answer a cold DM once a month of someone offering. You know how people DM you all the time offering free stuff. It's not quite sending the free stuff right away. It's offering free stuff. Yep. Once in a while, I, I take a look at the profile. I'm like, he could give me something cool, and I'll just say yes. <laughs> Maybe it's like, how, do you have any cool stories? Have they given you anything cool? It's funny. I'm I'm in talks with one right now. He's like, uh, he's done big, like really cool designs for some top uh, esports guys, and also some big fashion lines like concepts. And I'm trying to see if he can do something cool for us that'd be pretty innovative for my space. Uh, but I'll report back, and I'm also gonna report back on the landing spot for luck when I land. Uh, 50 figure big dog i'm gonna land warren buffett there you go yeah you just you just wait man and it's also cool because like it's kind of genuine you're just giving yes of course you're gonna get something bad but if you don't that's cool either way because i mean it's not a it can't be negative if you give them something they actually value it can't be negative uh okay i have a few more topics but is there anything you want to cover that you're like i want to talk about you skipped the threads. You took my you took my fire. <laughs> um, there was one that I oh yes. Do you ever wonder if you're in the wrong business model? Yes, you brought it up. <laughs> Your question, not mine. Well, do you? Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like tennis. <laughs> um, I mean, you play. It's it's ping pong, and I'm Asian, dude. So you're never gonna win on this one. All the time. <laughs> yes. And, I'll, you know, and the reason I wanted to bring this up, too, is because I think about this often where sometimes the people we look up to, we tend to godify them, put them on a pedestal, dehumanize them. But in reality, everyone you look up to is feeling the same thing, right? You don't think, like, everyone is. The hormoses are probably thinking, man, do I, why did I, like, why did I do this? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. And they, I know what you mean. Like, I was listening to a podcast. They're like, when you get to a top, top level, it's like, well, yeah, I'm a millionaire, but can't buy that house, though. But then you can. It's, ah, oh, but I can't buy that yeah. building, though. And then it's like, ah, but I can't buy that sports team, though. Right. And I think it's important to know that even the people you look up to, everyone I look up to, everyone JK looks up to, and everyone that might look up to JK or might look up to me, right? At every level, you have some level of uncertainty. That's the name of the game, right? Um so for me, all the time, I'm like, oh, am I an agency hell? Could I have just done an info business? Could I have just been a YouTuber or freaking affiliate marketing or e-com? Like everyone thinks about that. I'm sure JK's like, should I have just stuck with software? Why not do info? Now I'm working with beginners. Should I have stuck with my agency that closed 75K in 10 days? I don't know. Like everyone thinks about it, right? Um, so I think, I think it's a good question because it does add that human portion. We're all human. We're all entrepreneurs. We're kind of all dealing with the same battles, but we all don't talk about them because we think it lowers our authority but in reality it just humanizes us it actually gives you power like that vulnerability that that becomes what drives people to you you know I, one of my some of my best engagement tweets are when i like shit on myself for not speaking perfect english so that's all mess words up in versus on by the way that i still don't know what's the difference it's too hard like in your email on your email what do I, I don't know but it, that gives you power uh do you have a, a number? Because I think I have my number in which I'm going to be like, I'm chilling. Do you have a number? Unfortunately, the number keeps going up. <laughs> but I think, what is it now? I think my number right now is, it's so much lower than my girlfriend's. Mine is like 20 million. 
because I'm just not materialistic. I can, my family can be set at that number. I could be set at that number and I can get my ranch in the Midwest with the mountains in the background. You know what I mean? But I also understand that people get bored fast as, as a human. So I don't know. I feel like that's been my number. My number used to be 10, but now I feel like if I'm at 10 and I lose $1, I'm back into a lower figure. So I have to be at 20 so I can stay in the eight figure range. What are the most, I read this tweet by Cass. One of the most offensive things somebody can ever say to you is, oh, he's just a single digit millionaire. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, one. I think I have mine. I started as four. No, I started as five mil, right? I was like, yeah, I'm going to make five mil. But I was listening to other big, big dogs. One thing that Alex Ramosi and one of the owners of the top real estate companies, like in the world, I think it's like BlackRock. Something like that. Like yeah. they all, they all sound the same. I don't know. And 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 someone else that's also a top dog. They all agree that money buys luxury to a point, and then it doesn't anymore. But a lot of people disagree on that point. Everybody agrees on this one point. The point at which money buys luxury is private jet money. If you can fly private, that's the point where it's like you're like more doesn't exactly like really change it. And private jet money, I don't know how much it is, but 20 mil, I was actually going to say the exact same thing you said. 20 mil sounds like, sounds kind of nice. But I'm sure if I get there, I'm going to be like, ah, I want more. Like always. Yeah. I guess it's just that I feel like that's a number where my mission converges with money. Well, you know, I feel like after, you know, another five to 10 years of developing, my mission might just get way bigger and then the number might just be way bigger and I feel like the number might become arbitrary at some point. You know, I, I don't feel like a Zuck or an Elon got to a hundred million and were like, I want to be a billionaire, right? They just wanted to make the product better and they became natural billionaires. Do you know what I mean? He, if you read, if you watch Zuck in the beginning, he didn't think Facebook was going to be the biggest thing ever. Like he didn't have that vision. He said, no, I think this, this is best only for universities. Facebook should be just for universities. Like you, you get more ambitious, the more you achieve. Yeah, I agree. I think that's interesting. I don't. It's funny. I think a lot of the billionaires that we look up to probably weren't trying to be billionaires. You know what I mean? Who do you look up to? Like, who's your top dog? My top dog is probably just, it's probably Elon Musk. Um, but that's not really a business top dog. That's more so like a mission top dog. Because I like that he's always putting his mission into the context of humanity and I am like a human first person. I care like about the species. Um, maybe you do. Do you actually do? Yeah, it's more so like, you know, we have to give ourselves a, a purpose, right? And if you're not a religious person, you need to have something, right? So for me, it's just like at least leaving the world better off than where I left it. So if that's to happen, then naturally you just become, you have to care about humans, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't relate to that. I really don't care about much people, honestly. Like, I think that, like, if people are like, this, this is gonna sound so like, like a dick, but it's like, I don't care if, if people die. It's like if somebody dies right there, it's like, fine, cool. Well, at least I didn't die, or at least my family didn't die. I can, I can just keep going. You know, maybe it's because of where I grew up or whatever, but I don't. It really doesn't affect me. Like, if somebody else is suffering, I find it very hard. If it doesn't affect me, 
to feel empathy for that person. I just, I'm not that guy. So maybe I um, project in other people when they are, yeah, I want to I wanna change the world. I want to win because I do not feel that way. I mean, I want to win, but I don't want to change the world. Like, to me, it's, I don't care. Like, because I don't feel that way, to me, it's like, you're fucking lying. It's not true. But maybe I am projecting on that one. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not nice. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a nice person, but I'm not an evil person. I'm just kind of like, like neutral. I'm not going to save humanity, but I'm not going to kill humanity either. I'm just chilling. Yeah. I think my problem that I run into a lot of times, I don't really care about winning. I just want to play and I want to really kind of make sure my people are taken care of, which I guess you could say is a byproduct of winning, which is why I work, right? But I don't really care to win. Like, I don't really care if I'm number one in my space, right? Like, it's not that important to me. It's more so just taking care of the peeps. Maybe I'm too patriotic, ex-military gene. <laughs> Happy 4th. Happy 4th. Here in Indonesia, they did not celebrate <laughs> yeah i w- i would think that like i actually sent two different emails to everybody on my email list i on the july 4th americans get a happy fourth nothing the, everybody else gets the usual molina newsletter no. <laughs> wait so you didn't answer who's who's your top dog then who's my top dog right i don't have one really i don't i this kind of question is really scaring me because I've never been a goal guy. I've always been a why not guy. I've never had a why. I've always had a why not. Why Why make money? Why not? Why get fit? Why not? You know what I mean? Like I've never, I've never had like somebody I'm, I'm I really really look up to. But um, I'll tell you who I think gets it. I think people who get it are people who have a certain amount of success and they're like. This is it. I'm done. Like people who say when this, when I reach this level, the cup will be full and it's actually full. I'll tell you a story. This is a jujitsu story. So some of the best, the best trainer in the world, John Danaher, jujitsu, arguably right now, he said he used to train with a bunch of killers. Obviously he's the best. There was one that was special, but he never wanted to compete. He didn't have a, he didn't tell you his name. He just went by Ben. My name is Ben. Kind of badass. You know what I mean? That's kind of cool. He just never tell you his last name. It's just Ben, right? And he said, John, thank you for everything you've done for me. He was like 30 something at the time. But when I reach 40, I think I'm done with this jujitsu thing. And John knew him. He's like, bro, you're a killer. You're going to win anyway. You're world class lover. You're not going to fucking quit at 40. He's like, yeah, you'll see. He trains all the way up to 38, 39 years and 364 days he reaches 40 you never see ben again you never see ben again he just quit because he had a point at which he was like i'm done and if i'm being honest i think ben is my top dog i want to be like i think he gets it he knows when to stop and honestly sometimes i feel like i don't i don't know where to stop um because i'm just so into the inertia i mean like really tired lately that's why I asked you about the business model thing because I've been thinking a lot about that. But either way, I always wake up and I like my default habit is just start working. And I don't know how to stop. I think I admire people who know how to stop or when to stop. Are you, you must look up to someone like a Khabib then, right? Someone who was able to walk away 
with so much still there. That was sick. Like what Khabib did, bro. Like here's the thing. Life doesn't have to be meaningful. Like what's the meaning of life? Here's here's my take on meaning of life. Oh, let's go. A 23-year-old is giving you a meaning of life shit. Okay, so. <laughs> so obviously not qualified. And by the way, the only person who is qualified to give you advice on that one is people who are dead. <laughs> but okay. I don't think life has to be meaningful. When it's like, what is the meaning of life? What is my why? Life doesn't have to be meaningful, but the end can be. And I believe that how Khabib finished his career, undefeated, top dog, he could have still kept fighting, but he quit at the top like Batman, right? Like you either live long, what is it? Uh, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yep. People who get it and stop there, I think that is very meaningful. And that story can be told for generations. And I think that is really cool. I admire people who know what to stop because I just don't. I love that. 23-year-old life advice. I go on vacations. Vacations stress me the fuck out. Like, the max time I can take for a vacation is two days. Because I check Slack, and I want to work, and I want to do all these things. I don't I don't like going on a vacation. I don't think that's good for me. I don't think that's a positive thing. So that's something I want to change for myself. Yeah, two things on that would be, one, I think one thing I... One of the big pros among, there are plenty of cons, but one of the big pros I have found from being in Bali is I'm able to just turn it off for like five or six hours and hit the beach and surf and go get a massage, right? Like I could do that quick and then be back into my work mode pretty quick, right? Whereas when you're living in New York City, right? It's like, it's always on. You have to pretty much leave the region to go on a vacation. Um, so I do like that I can have a vacation right outside of my villa. Um, number two is I've been wanting, I, I want to incorporate maybe sometime this year or next year. I want to, no, probably this year, probably this quarter. Um, I watched that video by Rian Doris about caffeine. And he talks about how the best way to use caffeine is to have one day off a week and one week off per quarter. I could do the one day, but a week off would be insane, right? So the only way for me to do a week off would have to be coupling it with like some sort of quarterly vacation. But it, the thought of it's grueling, right? Taking a week off per quarter and just not using your phone and not doing work. It's just like, ah, like how would I even enjoy that? So be interesting. I love caffeine. I want, I want to change it. By the way, I, you ever heard, see those tweets? Oh, this is an interesting one. You ever see those tweets about uh, the people who are like in the poor villages, they always eat pasta and olives and bread and cigarettes and they still somehow live until they're like Sardinia. 97? Yeah, Sardinia, Italy. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, Sardinia, yeah. So I think I, I realized like, w what that is, man. I think it's, well, not exactly what it is, but it's something I've been putting into practice is that I'm not the most optimized guy. Lots of coffee, lots of nicotine. Uh, I eat one meal a day, sometimes two, sometimes, you know, I'll have my dessert, you know, I'll have my chocolate sometimes, right? But personally, I feel like the one that really, I can feel myself dying quicker, it's stress. Like when I'm stressed, I can physically feel something in my heart and in my chest. I'm like, this is going to fucking kill me. Like stress is the big killer I found. It's not like so much what you're taking that can count. But there's a counter argument, which is I'm living in Poland right now, bro. These guys, I, like they don't even like alcohol. Like they're just alcoholic. Like that's just how it is. 8 a.m. They just have a big pivo, the beer, right? And just boom, 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 boom. That's it. And then... 
like night and day, just packs of cigarettes, packs of cigarettes. And I see very, very old people here. They're totally fine. And I couldn't nail it down. But one thing that I can tell you, it's people here, they're just not stressed. They're like, let it go. They let it slide. They will go to the cafe, have the cafe for three hours, right? With a ton of cigarettes and with their friends, but they're not stressed. And that is, I think, personally, a big reason why they just made it that long of a way. So I'm not optimizing so much for, I mean, sleep is important. Of course, diet is important. But if something is stressing me out, I've found that the best way I can do is not take any, like, the caffeine or the nicotine and just force it out. It's just, just leave it. Like, let your subconscious work on it. This is why I don't wear headphones when I train. I have, I have two phones. One's just music and one's, like, for the rest. Right? When I go on walks, I'm not listening to these podcasts. If I'm like, you know, I'm stressed at night, uh, like I won't optimize for my bedtime. Like, oh, I want to read. Right. So maybe maybe I'll read a little bit and then I'll come back. I don't check my Twitter notifications. So if you if anybody tags me, sorry for not responding. I just don't. Because the killer is stress. It's not anything else. It it really is stress. That's what kills you. And I think that is a big reason why um you know you're in Bali right now and I think you're you're doing better. Well, if you want to be low stress, don't start an agency. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. It's like having uh, it's like having fifteen bosses. What's the most stressful thing about having an agency? Being a results oriented person. So, actually, even wor- uh, worse. I think it's more so being a perfectionist. So, always wanting to have quick customer service. Always wanting to get the best results always wanting to get everything done, always wanting to provide extra value on top of what's your scope of work. It's great to build an agency, but it might not be so sustainable. Like for me, building my agency, I'm just very big on just always going over-deliver, 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 right? But you can only over-deliver so much, right? Like at a certain point, you're going to over-deliver yourself to death, right? You can't you can't over-deliver for double-digit clients nonstop for years, right? It's not going to happen. So I think the hardest part about having an agency is letting go of certain things and letting go of certain responsibilities slowly. Um, but if you can if you can do that, you can actually sustain it and get out of agency hell. What are you gonna do with your agency? You gotta stay with it or are you gonna do something else later? I'm gonna stay with my agency for the next foreseeable years. I think it'll be interesting. Um, I wanna play out the rest of this year and next year. I have bigger plans for it, but those will be super secret, top secret. I like it. You know what I've been trying to do? I, this is a kind of a transition, but I wanted to hire. Um, I don't call my assistant assistant anymore. I call them my. <laughs> I call, I call them my DSPR. So what a DSPR does? That is a dumb and slow person remover of JK's life. So a DSPR would take care of all the dumb and slow people in my life. Oh, we need an invoice. You know how notoriously they take so long to do it. I tell them, Julia, I want you to send an email every 24 hours and everyone will get progressively worse. I want you to become their worst nightmare. And or somebody's not handling this, right? It's like, can you please forward this to the person that should handle it? Okay, so what? What she sends me at the end of the day, this might, if you have an assistant, this might be helpful. She sends me a DSPR report. So she will tell me all the DSPs, the dumbest low people that she's handling that day. 
and tell me what action did she take that day to handle that. I sent them an email to pester them. I handle this one. I asked this person this. And I found that one of my greatest causes of misery is dealing with DSPs. So the DSPR, the dumbest low person remover in my life, is one of the best executive decisions I've ever made. And I highly recommend you create that dynamic with you and your assistant because it's awesome. I need that. I need that. I think uh, for me, it's, I need a... It's funny because I like running an agency is just you're constantly in uh, like the best analogy for it is like you have a sword. The agency is the sword, right? And it starts dull and you're just constantly sharpening it. And what I mean by sharpening is you're constantly getting rid of bad clients and adding good clients, competent, smart, quick clients. And you're slowly sharpening that sword, getting rid of all the dull, dumb clients. And then eventually you have a really good sword and you can fucking cut through revenue goals and it's all great. Um, oh, like think, that's like good. Think, yeah, I like to think we have a pretty sharp fucking sword right now. Uh, but when I was starting out, man, it's like you go through a lot of iteration, man. It's a lot of iteration before you get like a bunch of dream clients. The other day we had a coaches huddle and we asked ourselves, because we kicked a few people out because they were being annoying. And then I said, hey, like, I don't know, guys, I don't want to have an, a reputation for kicking clients out. And then Eddie said, that's actually the fire angle. I'm like, you know what? That is a fucking fire angle. We're going to make that our thing. If somebody's annoying, if somebody's not that, like, oh, yeah. sorry, bye. Like, it's it's just not going to happen. I think kicking people out is really good. It changes the dynamic. And it's like, if you don't accomplish these things, you're just banned. It's just, you're just banned. Because ultimately, what's going to drive the growth for the community is just having cool people inside. The community is just as good as your members, right? Coaches obviously pay, play a big role, but you're there for them members. Like, that's the cool part, right? And if they're not cool, let's just fucking ban them. We're going to make more money in the long run anyway. So we made that rule. No DSPs allowed in the community. I think if there's one thing we can leave this episode on, um, it's going to be a big, I'm going to blow smoke up your ass for it. But I think tweets and clients, one of the great things is that you don't, or that you do kick people and you don't accept everybody. Um, I think that's one of my favorite things about it because... When you look at someone like Harvard, right? It's yes, you have to pay to go to Harvard, but you also have to make it into Harvard. So just because you pay, you're not entitled to you're not entitled to a Harvard degree, right? You still have to go and perform and earn that degree, even though you paid to get there, right? You still have to apply to get in, pay to get in, and then you have to actually earn that four year degree that you can say I'm a Harvard graduate, right? Just because you running an education business, in my opinion, if you want to run a successful long term education business like tweets and clients, you cannot accept everybody. And not everybody's going to get to stay in because not everyone's pulling their weight, right? You don't deserve to be like, I went through tweets and clients and didn't get great results if you didn't actually put in the work, right? So there's a reason Harvard has such great employment rates and such great numbers, right, for average salary and all of this stuff. And I think tweets and clients, the next level is one, doing that, but two, publishing the data. You've done the average follower thing. Do like the average revenue growth, like all of that stuff. It's going to be going to be big. Right. Well, however, you don't get the you you don't get the diploma if you didn't go through the curriculum. Yeah. Like right here, you don't get to stay if you didn't didn't do the things. Yeah, and I'm I'm a coach in there. I see it. Like I, you know, who your star students are. Like who's cum laude? I don't know if you know what that is, but <laughs> but uh, do you know what that is? Yes, Marcos. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> if anyone stayed to the end, they're gonna laugh. But <laughs> um. Yeah, like you don't get to say that you're like an honor roll student. You get to, you don't get to get into the private channels, 
if you're not good and you don't perform, right? Come on. <laughs> this is like a lot of good stuff. I think Treason Clients is doing it right. I'm actually like happy to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I, we're happy you're a part of it. You're you're one of the you're one of the cum laude students. This is where we're here. Magna, what is it? Magna? I don't know. I got a three point one in college. I didn't get invited to those. <laughs> <laughs> magna, magna. It's, yeah, I don't even know what they're. I don't even know what they're yeah. called. I wasn't invited. For the people who stayed, what is one tip that you're like, this is fucking gold, and we're gonna reward you for staying? Do you have it? I have one. I'm gonna give you this. All right, guys. A message we're trying out for the people who stayed, the OGs. A message we're trying out is include a typo in your first message. So, for example, are you looking for new clients? And we call it new. And we include a typo. That's intentional. We learned that from Taylor Welch. Another one, it's in the first message, frame people in. But frame it in a way that doesn't make them feel awkward when you send them a DM. For example, one that we're sending is, are you building on Twitter or just enjoying the content. If they say, yeah, we're building, we're in the right frame of the conversation, right? You're giving them this or that. Your first message shouldn't be a hello or it shouldn't be a pitch. It should be kind of in the middle, but you kind of weave that in. That's for the OGs. For the OGs, I got you. New content that we're uh, experimenting with that we've seen perform very well is video threads. So threads that are five or five, six, seven parts. Every tweet is another video that conforms to one big thing. So multiple videos in a thread, and it's a thread of videos. Very high performing. Um, secret sauce. Don't talk. Adios. Welcome to the Lacing Cash Podcast. <laughs> Ciao.